Hey everybody, welcome to the Approximate Podcast. My name's Jamie French, and with me as always is uh, this guy that's always sitting next to me. What's your name? <laughs> Shut up! Don't, don't say God, nothing! Don't don't, nobody cares. Nobody cares what your name is. What's your name? Why are you what did again? I tell you? Don't Why say Why are you going to ask again if you're going <laughs> to... Go ahead. You uh, take your rusty starts dusty. starts with an O. What are you? O, 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 Mayan, I'm, I'm O, O, <laughs> What's your name? Tell oh. the people at home. What's your name? Gignus Snide. That's not your name. Well, you know what? I think I prefer that. Yes. You're okay. From now on, your name's Gignus Snide. I don't know what that reference is from, but no, I just, this, just everybody. His name's Orion Quest. Say hi to the folks. Greetings, people. Okay, so we have a really, really special, awesome show for you guys today. Um, we have. Uh, oh my God, it's so nice. We have uh, Caitlin Cut and Carrie Martin from the podcast White Wine True Crime and from the Unpopular Opinion podcast series uh, Pretty Scary. Uh, pretty so, Scary Boo. Yes, Pretty Scary Boo. <laughs> pretty Scary Boo. Pretty Scary Boo. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for being on the show. We, so, we really, really appreciate it. We're such great fans. Thank Yay, you for thank having you so much us. for having us. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so... Uh, let's get, uh, well, first things first, first things first, um, okay. for us, or at least for me, cause Orion doesn't listen to podcasts cause he's a slouch. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that's totally fine. <laughs> but, uh, okay. So a deep cut, deep cut. Uh, I'm going to make a, uh, a, a, a reference here. All right. Oh, wow. For, for us, uh, you being on the show is what it was like for uh, Josh Mankiewicz to be on your show. That's Whoa. the level of importance. Yeah. Oh, and for anybody who's listening, yeah, let me just go ahead and give the full reference. Uh, White Wine True Crime, episode 44. Uh, <laughs> try to make out <laughs> or try to outmake Josh Mankiewicz. Yes. Yes. I'm a fan. Yes. <laughs> Josh Mankiewicz is the best. Um, uh. well, so that stems from... <laughs> this is Carrie, by the way. Yes. So that stems from my... Um, my drunk tweeting and I think I tweeted him a couple times before because I was like, Oh, he's like the bad boy of Dateline. And I was super like turned on. So I would be at happy hour and I would tweet at him and he'd tweet back right away. And I was like, Oh my God, like there's no way like Josh Mankiewicz is so important. There's no way the real Josh Mankiewicz is getting back to me so quickly. So I must be getting Josh Mankiewicz catfished. I thought for sure. <laughs> no, so no. I, okay. So during another uh, happy hour, <laughs> now I go to them often, um, I ended up tweeting him. I was just like, hey, we'd love to have you on the show. And he wrote back. He's like, why don't you crime? That sounds fun. And I was like, oh, my God, he answered. And so I think he ended up DMing me with his um, NBC Universal email. And I was like, OK, this sounds legit. And then nice. we started emailing back and forth. And literally, it wasn't until he showed up. We had to go to Caitlin's house. And the oh. whole time. Like she's like bleaching and like scrubbing her counters, like like crazy, getting ready for them. Like the whole time, I'm just like, I'm like, I'm not really somebody who has to go to the bathroom, but I'm like, I think I have to poop. Like I don't know, I don't know what to do with all this nervous energy. Which, and then by the way, terrified us- me when she was like, like where he's like five minutes away, and she looks me dead in the eye, and she's like, I think I have to poop, and I was like, you're gonna have to hold it. I, 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 I can't have them showing up with you mid poo. Like I, I need you outside with me. And then we waited outside, like holding hands well, like the shining twins. Like totally. <laughs> <laughs> for 
first of all, we got him this spread. We both went to Whole Foods and bought a bunch of like like salami and charcuterie or whatever the word is. Like, but it was like a Thanksgiving spread. Like, I probably spent sixty dollars at Whole Foods. Caitlin probably spent sixty dollars, and it was all it was for like the Manx. Dueling cheese plates too. Yeah. We both brought cheese plates, and, and then a lot of nuts, and yeah, it was a whole thing. And, don't, and a vegetable platter. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say, don't tell me all of this effort, and it turns out he's vegan. No, thank no, you. no. Okay. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't drink. So. Oh man. Me and Caitlin. Yes. Which was yeah. good for us. We had two bottles of wine. Thank we God, we needed it. <laughs> at one point, I had, had white because we had one bottle of white, one bottle of red. And at one point, I had had a glass of white. And then I reached for a bottle and started pouring it in. And it was the red. And it was right in front of him. And I was just like, oh, like, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. But I was already, like, pretty buzzed. <laughs> and Caitlin was like, oh, she's making rosé. Like, it was, like, the most normal thing in the world. Yeah, I just... I just started to reference that Billy Joel song, a bottle of red, a bottle of white. I'm like, okay, whatever Megawitz like, wants tonight. Yeah, and I don't. Luckily, Josh didn't know that much about wine, so he just went with it. Or Billy Joel. Uh, <laughs> an easy yeah. pleaser all the way across the board. I like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so there's another thing I want to address before we get into the show proper. Um, Thank you guys so much for the uh, mention on the shout out uh, episode that you did a couple Aww. episodes back. And you're the well, best, and you've always been yeah. so supportive, and you're so nice. And your accordion xylophone, whatever it was, is my favorite video. Accordion well, xylophone. Uh, speaking of which, <laughs> speaking of which, this is the thing I want to address. On the shout out, uh, it was mentioned that I played a xylophone on the little video on the Twitter, and that you guys really like that. Turns out, not a xylophone, not in the least. It was an accordion. <laughs> but, eh, well, but, 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 I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it. What I did when I heard that was I downloaded a xylophone app on my uh, on my little <laughs> iPad here. And I concocted a short little 40-second song. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, that, that uh, I thought would play well into the themes of White Wine True Crime and Pretty Scary. And it's, it's for you. It's a gift for you. If you hate it, then throw it away. If you like it, then no. you can use it however you want. Okay. We're, we're not going to hate it. I'm already like, you, <laughs> basically, it feels I'm, like Christmas Eve. I'm so excited. I, I'm a sentimental fool. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be the mom that saves all of the macaroni wreaths. So regardless of how you hear this in your own mind, I'm going to think this is the best song ever written. So go for it. I don't okay. think I've breathed so. since you said I downloaded the xylophone app. No. Like, <laughs> bated breath and anticipation. Currently carries bright blue. And guess what? She's fine with it. She's fine. I'm with fine. It. Yeah, she's fine. Well, uh, well, Okay, so I'm going to okay. go ahead and play this thing. So the title of the tune is called uh, Jeff May's Casket. Enjoy. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Tell me if you can hear this. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, 
that's it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was fantastic. It just had to be good. The dog was barking in the back. I think that adds to it. That's what the dog does when she likes something. True. So that's a, a little uh, Or when tune. evil approaches, one of the two. Can you send us a clip of that? Yeah, uh, please yeah, no, send that abso- to us. Absolutely. I'm going to send you a WAV file and an MP3 file uh, for oh, use. However. I love it. Yeah. So. I loved every second of that. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jeff May's casket, ladies and gentlemen. Jeff May's <laughs> casket, ladies Jeff May casket? and gentlemen. Jeff May casket? <laughs> Jeff May's casket? <laughs> So, we're already having too much fun. <laughs> okay. Jeff. Oh, oh God. Jeff. Oh, God. Poor, poor Jeff. <laughs> poor Jeff. But, uh, you know. Oh, my gosh. I, all I want to do now yeah. is take that song and just do like a real slow pan on Jeff's face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make something out of this. I'm very excited. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, you just gave us hours of entertainment. You have no yeah. idea. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Forty seconds for you. Oh, four hundred years for us. Yeah. Oh, thank man. you so much. I'm so glad you guys liked it. That uh, pleases me to no end. <laughs> Yay! Okay. So uh, I'm gonna use that as my ringtone for Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's perfect. Hey, it just Jeff, comes out of the wire. Yeah. Just have a quick question. Yes, please. <laughs> no, no, no. We're just joking. Like oh. hey, we'll text him and be like, "Can you call me for a sec?" Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, qu- some questions are raised. <laughs> um. So let's uh, let's introduce the the thing that we're actually going to be talking about, right. and it requires just a tiny bit of background, and that is um, knowing that you guys are going to be on the show. I wanted to build a show that was like kind of themed within y'all's wheelhouse, and I didn't want to just Love hit that you. Word. Huh? Yeah, I I know, I know. We're all <laughs> supposed to use it. I'm old, and I don't like use. It sounds filthy coming out of my mouth, but. Uh, <laughs> But you, you guys go on saying I wanted to do something that was with your flavor. So, um, so that's the first thing that I want to say is that the the show is as best as I could make it geared towards you. Uh, and then there's a second reason. Way back in October, around Halloween, we tried to put together a spooky, scary show. It was a ghost storytelling show. <gasps> <clears throat> yeah. yeah, and it bombed. It failed totally. Like it, the I when I got done editing it, uh, I said no, this this can't go live. And there was only one salvageable piece of the uh, that particular podcast, and I put it up as kind of a standalone single uh, thing that I just threw out, and people seemed to really respond to it. But the vast majority of the show wasn't all that great. We had all not slept enough. Uh, we had come uh-huh. in a little unprepared, and so the show wasn't that great. So I figured this would be an opportunity to kind of salvage uh, our initial idea. Um, so uh, the theme of the show is, and I don't like the working title that I have. Uh, at the, the itinerary that I gave you guys, it was called, um, uh, was it uh, Lone Star Strange? 
Okay, and I'm not really happy with that. But the okay, <laughs> but the overall thing is, I wanted to pick kind of spooky stories or um, like really, really awful crime stories that all take place in Texas, where we're recording from, <clears throat> and sure. kind of give a, a a nice kind of general theme. Um, because we're we're not a very topical show, and so and we don't like make a big deal of where we podcast from. But I thought it might be nice to do something with a little local flavor. So I picked, love it. Yeah. So I picked three stories. Uh, one of them's a little spooky, and the and the the last two are very much awful real life crime dramas. So I I think um, the the one that's going to be the easiest to talk about and get out of the way is going to be the kind of spooky story. And that is, uh, it's a story that's, uh, it's a kind of an urban legend called, uh, it's known as Hell's Gate. And um, uh, Hell's Gate is a place in a park here in Arlington, Texas called River Legacy Park. I live directly across the street from it, which is why Whoa. I thought it would be perfect. I literally live across the street from River Legacy Park where Hell's Gate is supposed to be. And the whole thing about Hell's Gate is that if you can it's it's a like a 27 acre it's huge fucking park um and it's full of twists and turns and paths and bikeways and is heavily forested and there's supposed to be somewhere in this park where if you find the right trail and you take the right turns you will happen upon two old um from like the 1860s, like kind of broken down fence posts that are supposed to be the entryway to Hell's Gate. And the thing about Hell's Gate is that once you make your way through those fence posts, you go about a mile down these long, twisty, turny track, and you come up to a kind of a clearing, a kind of a hill, uh, where uh, supposedly, by, by as far as the legend is concerned, the Confederate Army at the time used to take Union soldiers, captured soldiers, and they used to hang them there. Thanks. Yes, they, they used got to, hanged. Yeah, so so it's it's this place of execution, and if if you can find your way there, and of course you want to go at night, and 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 you you wind up at this place, you're going to excuse me. Go uh, you want to go at night. <laughs> My black, ass, my black ass Giggly is not Ryan? going nowhere near that place in the evening. Well, you're supposed to you're you're when you get there, if you if you happen to find this legendary place, um, you're supposed to uh, the most disturbing thing is the screams of the men that are being hanged and executed in this this weird out of the way park in North Texas. Uh, now, of course, at the time, it wasn't a park. It was just a plot of land. The park mm -hmm. wasn't actually made till around, like, 1988. But on this site, yeah, uh, the legend is that Confederate soldiers would hang captors. Um, and, yeah, and the other thing I besides... Think, oh, go ahead. I think the scariest thing... Um, I know Orion is scared of the dark, <laughs> but... Oh no! I'm not scared of the no, dark. No, no, he's black. He's afraid of dark. No, 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 no. No, he's black. He's afraid of swimming. <laughs> you got jokes, don't you? All the time. All the and time. And he's scared of Trump. And um, yeah. Aren't we as, all? As he should be. Uh, yes, aren't we all? Um, no, but there's a, a ginger at the gate. Mm. Wasn't that part of the story? That's actually part of the story. Now, 
Here's where. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> Chill. It's Sorry, totally, it's totally I'm cool. Not, oh no, no, no! <laughs> Don't be surprised if you hear my cat whining and screaming. Don't. That's, oh, fantastic! I totally get it. <laughs> um, Great. But yeah, no, uh, Carrie, you brought up a good point. Uh, besides the screaming that goes on, if you find your way to this place, there's also hear tell of a, a apparition of a Confederate general that has a fiery red beard, and and you only get a glimpse of him, and then. Whoosh, disappears completely uh-huh. disappears and of course seeing that you run the other fucking way you know <laughs> yeah, I would, um, I, yeah i would move on yeah so but here's the here's the kind of crappy thing okay <laughs> um i love ghost stories i think they're fun but uh the reason why i kind of want to get this story out of the way is because so much of it is kind of unsubstantiated it really does turn out to be an urban legend. Um, uh, so hold on. I'm going to, Orion, talk for a second because I got some notes here where I'm going to destroy <laughs> this Hell's Gate <laughs> phenomenon. Yeah, Orion, talk. Say something. Well, I'm too busy being scared of the <laughs> water, of, 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 the, of, the, of the water. Dark over there, it's called River Legacy Park. There's yeah, a river involved. Yeah. You have every reason to be scared. You know, uh, it's not the fact that I'm afraid of the dark. I am dark. I'm not worried about the dark. It's the ghosts Good. that are in the dark that I'm worried about. You know, if your if teeth will lead us through the night. <laughs> well, all I know is if you, I'm not going to be out there hoping for a better summer if it's dark out there looking for the ghost of of, of Grandpa Jessup. Did you hear that? Did you hear the yeah, water the, being the poured? Wa- yeah. Are you a little bit spooked? Not really. Okay. No. <laughs> Shia, I, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to use the word spook. I'm sorry. Oh man, we're very awful oh, to each other. No, that's okay. You should hear Carrie and I. Anyway, it's fine. It's fine. So, so let me let me uh, unfortunately unfortunately tear this whole uh, urban legend down. Um, apparently, there is a uh, Civil War historian by the name of Carl Sims who works at the uh, Texas Civil War Museum. And uh, a person that was looking for this site went to try to get, like, the real facts. And he went to this historian, uh, Carl Sims. And Carl Sims kind of, he, he, he shot down every part of the legend. Uh, he says, first of all, uh, there were no Confederates in the area at the time. Um, and the only red-bearded general uh, that was part of the Confederacy was stationed on the East Coast. So big boo there. <laughs> um, he, okay. said, he said that the um, that Confederate soldiers actually weren't into lynching uh, Union soldiers. That was something that civilians were more into. Right. Um, and that the only civilians that might have been lynching anybody at the time that even kind of relates to this legend were civilians that were starting to lynch uh, German immigrants who during the Confederacy, uh, when Texas seceded, was that a bunch of German immigrants, and we got a a huge German kind of immigrant population here in Texas, uh, they were people that when when Texas seceded said, we got to get the fuck out of Dodge, and they started to head down south to Mexico. And the civilians at the time thought that they, that these German immigrants were trying to head uh, towards the Union. And so they captured them, 
and hung him and lynched him at the time. Uh, but none of that actually happened at the site of Hell's Gate. It happened down in Gainesville. And so there's like nothing about this story that can be substantiated except mm-hmm. the uh, the really spooky feeling you get in being in the woods in the middle of the night. <laughs> well, okay, so I got to say, you, Jamie, you sent us some really great links to do research, but the, this... <laughs> The blog post that you sent us on Hell's Gates is probably one of the funniest things I've ever read. It's yeah. not supposed to be funny. No. But <laughs> if I may I agree. do a brief dramatic reading of what this thing says. Yeah. Um, Despite all of my efforts and attempts to collect paranormal evidence, I have been left zip. There is not an EVP recording, no real eyewitnesses willing to come forward, and not one photo of a Confederate general specter. I am at a loss for words. <laughs> the whole thing is like this. It was He's a fight so part. And by yeah. the fifth part, he wrapped up, but it kept just building to, I don't think anything's going on here, guys. But and then, yeah. and then the other paragraph starts with, I've led you down a rabbit hole of intrigue and illusions of historical <laughs> insignificance. I am a better man now to admit that I was wrong to do so. Supernatural events may be possible, and I have evidence to support it, but when it comes to the story of the, quote, Hell's Gates, this is false. <laughs> he puts so much work into the story, and, so and, and, and those blog posts, there's like four of them. Like it's very, it starts yeah. very, very hopeful. And this is, I know the site you're talking about. This is the blog where it's like the black field with the red writing on it. Yeah. And yeah. then there's like a, there's like a blurry picture of some civil war reenactors at night. <laughs> yeah. His, his best attempt to find a scary a JPEG. Just to- Oh man, this is the best. It's like watching this guy, you read this blog post and you can just see him coming undone. He's yeah. so upset. He just it just can't- gets worse and worse the farther he goes and it just becomes so much more apologetic and you can see the defeat at the end. Yeah. You can basically hear him being like, stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid i should never have done this you know i guess it's back to itt tech for me <laughs> so much for being the spooky ken burns damn it i was really excited about it oh man yeah <laughs> like this is the case i took this is gonna ruin my entire career <laughs> Let's well, he probably just burn up all of his vacation days to go out there. Like, <laughs> damn it! Yeah, I was going to say went to Knott's Berry Farm. I was going to say like career. Let's you're being a little generous with that with that term, Jamie. Let's let's call it what it is. This is a this is definitely a side a side hustle that went down a dark path that actually is, led to nowhere but just darkness. Yes, we're we're witnessing a man that picked the wrong hobby. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean. He's not even good at lying. Doesn't yeah. he realize that like nobody would know if he lies? He's right. got he's like casting this out into the into the universe with nothing to back it up anyway. I know. And the thing that's so heartbreaking is the amount of effort he put into it. Like he went right. and he talked to he went to talk to historians. Like he tried everything he could to to dig in and and try to salvage something. Came up completely empty-handed. <laughs> Yeah. But good for him for being honest. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what that's like, but I hear it's <laughs> <laughs> so, um, every Every day is a trust walk for Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't, why don't we just shut that story down? Uh, what, I will say this. I will say this. Uh, to anybody, uh, fuck Hell's Gate. 
you can still go to River Legacy <laughs> Park, wind your way through the woods, and you don't need a ghost story to be completely creeped out. It's like walking through the uh, opening montage of The Evil Dead. It's You're going to get your spooks worth. It's just there's not going to be any Confederate soldiers involved. That's all. <laughs> you should take a canteen. You should dress like Confederate soldier. Take a musket. Take a canteen. It, what is the thing that you drink? It's the Mad Dog. 2020 and Chardonnay? Yeah, that's the approximate oh, the cocktail. approximate cocktail. Yes, you should have that in a canteen and a musket. Yeah, you know, I Which just I'm sure might most do that. people have laying around. Yeah, I'll have to tape down the tits and everything, but uh, <laughs> I think hey, we you know can make what that I say. work. Have musket, we'll travel. Yes. <laughs> it, she has yes. a bumper sticker, I swear. Uh, Kayla I do, Cut, known for saying that. It's on her I bio. Carrie's Carry, sick of hearing it, clearly. <laughs> Must get this. Must get that. <laughs> must get the fuck away from this story. Why don't we uh, move on to the I, next thing? <laughs> I must get to the point. <laughs> okay, so now we're gonna we're now we're gonna get into some more substantial territory. Uh, the second thing on the list is uh, a crime that is so foul um, and and so grisly and so sad. But it's been solved, so there's there's no mystery to this crime. I just thought it was worth uh, bringing up because it's it's just the worst thing in the world, and it's the it's called the Candyman murders. Okay? The Candyman can. Yeah. I remember <laughs> the Candyman did this case. The Candyman did. He, he sure did. Um, I watched this case, and I can't remember which investigation discovery show it was, but it was where they were talking about serial killers on a psychopathy scale. And I think 30 was the highest, like the most like batshit crazy could be. And I want to say this guy got the highest out of, he might've been a 30, but I want to say out of the entire series, um, he scored the highest, like well, by when, far. And yeah. I don't feel like he's necessarily the most known. No, I know. That's the thing that really surprised me where I, I yeah, I, that totally makes sense. Especially when we get into the details of the actual crime, that's, going to completely correlate with that uh with that test uh but that's why it was so surprising Coral. that this wasn't yeah that, that this wasn't a more known case um right but to, uh to, to start to get into it uh the uh serial killer's name and yes he very much was a serial killer this was not a one-off kind of thing uh no. dean coral dean mm-hmm. coral's the guy's name and I don't. Uh, do you guys watch the, the the Walking Dead at all? Yes, okay. I do. So as soon as I saw the last name, the only thing I could think was Carl. Yep, Carl. Yep, Ca- yep. Carl. Mm-hmm. So Carl. so every time I I wrote this name down, every time I see it, all I see is Dean Carl. <laughs> uh, he was uh, unfortunately responsible for killing uh, approximately twenty eight boys. Uh, ranging from the ages of, I want to say about like seven to kind of late teens, like this. this. I want to. I Go mean, ahead. not just kill, not just killing. Let's oh, just oh, put that yeah. out there. Oh I yeah. Mean, oh yeah. It's they get the full treatment. All these kids. Yeah, <laughs> they absolutely do, and that's going to be some of the things that we work up to. Uh, he he had accomplices. Now, uh, he the killing spree lasted for about uh, three years. I want to say it was. Uh, what was it 1970 to 1973 um yeah. and got a lot yep, of got a lot of work years. done in three years <laughs> yeah that's he a, sure yeah. did if, 
you do that because it was 28 murders, correct? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, this is Carrie's moment to shine, guys. She's yeah. right. Oh, okay. That's okay. 9.3 repeating murders a year. That's almost one a month. Yeah. They killed one guy in thirds. And that, and and I. Well, it took a few months off. Like he had spring break, but then when he got back, <laughs> spring break, he doubled down. It's hard enough to catch up with bills, let alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, a look, month. it can't it can't be all work. You know, the guy's got to. I mean, Texas is a beautiful state. There are sights to see. So you know, yes. can't just be killing all the time. Yeah, so and this- it's a lot of work. It's not just killing. You're raping. You're torturing. You're murdering. He's very invested in his hobby. Oh, clean up the amount of bleach you gotta buy, the shovels that you have to, the lie, the uh, you know. Oh my God, I mean, there's a there's a lot that goes yeah, into I, this. I think you're in the I think you're in the right department with uh with lie. If we're talking about the 70s here, uh, yeah. yes, yeah, that was the uh, before Breaking Bad taught us that you could dissolve with uh, liquids. Uh, yeah, lie was the name of the game back in the seventies. Um, Where's the ricin? <laughs> so, okay. Um, I, I love how much fun we're having with this tragedy. This is this is excellent. <laughs> Jamie, uh, this is our bread butter. Bread uh, yeah, butter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. Um, so, it now this the the weird novel part about this. Not that the entire thing isn't novel. But the uh, he had two teenage accomplices that helped him out during almost mm-hmm. the entirety of this murder spree. Uh, mm-hmm. So one of them was named uh, David Brooks. He was about 15 years old, around 1970. Uh, and we'll get into the meeting of how like that even happened in just a second. But the second accomplice was Elmer Wayne Henley, who was also around the ages of 15, about 17 at the time where he started being an accomplice. For these murders. Okay, so let's get back to his first accomplice, uh, David Brooks, who was 15. Uh, Carl uh, met, uh, <laughs> he met David Brooks, the accomplice, uh, in 1965. Um, the thing was, here's the reason why um, uh, Carl was called uh, the Candyman. Uh, he was kind of an heir or kind of a, he was the son of a candy manufacturer, the the Carl Candy company uh before that that's triple it was carl candy company if you want to call it correctly no i'm sorry it was it was the pecan prince i believe oh yeah yeah four oh yeah yeah, you're not to correct you no no but i just want to make sure we're factually (laughs) astute go ahead absolutely you're diving deep i'm I'm skipping (laughs) ahead to 65 where uh where uh, carl uh started he 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 was uh he was a veteran he came back from the war and he started working at the family company. Uh, around 1965, he worked at uh, he worked at this uh, coral candy company that was just across. And here's where things start getting creepy. Here's the thing that matters: it the candy company that he worked for was right across the street from an elementary school, and he used to take candy from his business. And he used oh, to God. like. Yeah, he used to go around and like lure kids in and give them candy and surround himself by essentially children. Uh, now he wasn't killing just yet, but he, this is the this is the mark of a person that's starting to get their psychopathic rocks off. Okay? I wonder okay. if this is the, this is the guy that pioneered the the strangers with candy move. It may be, but, I, I, but you think I, I mean, you, if that was the case, you'd think his name would be a little more famous. You think. 
that there'd be yeah. more of a correlation between his name and Strangers with Candy. Well, it's like his method eclipsed his actual name, you know? I mean, a lot of uh, clearly a lot of child abductors learned a lot from this gentleman. <laughs> yeah, you know, y- you may be right. But here's okay, so, go ahead. I'm sorry. And I think when he was in the army, didn't it uh, one of the links you sent say that's when he realized like he was um, homosexual. And then when he came back, when he was working in his mom's um, candy company, he had hit on a male coworker. When the male coworker complained to his mom, the boss, she fired the guy that he had se- like sexually harassed. Right. And then I think at that point it was like fair game. And that that really sounds like Texas to me. Personally, <laughs> well, you get away uh, with that's the most Texan thing you know? I've heard so far tonight. <laughs> there was no punishment, so I think that kind of opened the floodgates for him. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that I, I think you're right. I think that this is probably one of those cases. You know, we you were discussing um, whether or not you know why or why this case hasn't surfaced. And the thing that I you know I was also struck by the fact that I wasn't pr- completely familiar with this person. I knew who who he was. I didn't realize he had killed 28 people. I had no idea it was that many people. Uh, but the, right. the torture is awful. Yeah, the torture, and- <laughs> yeah, noted, yep. But yep. what I'm wondering is if the parents' wealth had anything to do with suppressing the story on some level. Because You, you know what? I, I have a theory about that. Um, okay, so here's where, here's where things get really sad and really they, it gets heartbreakingly creepy. Okay, so 1965... We got this guy. He's giving away candy to children at the elementary sure. school of, across the street from his candy factory or his candy business. And a couple years goes by because it's 1967. Okay. And he befriends a, a kid who was 12 at the time named David Brooks. This is our first accomplice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it just uh, again, just through like giving the kid candy. I mean, he must he must have had special hots for this kid because he decided to keep him around for a couple years and pay very close attention to him. And um, two years goes by, nineteen sixty nine. Uh, he's been Coral has been uh, pushing his relationship along with this twelve year old kid to the point where he starts offering David money for sexual favors. Now at the time, uh, David's about 14 or 15. And I guess, I guess David was ripe for the picking at that point. You know, he had spent so much time with this kid that he starts edging him on into sexual favors and had, well, Jamie, I mean, listen, 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 instincts are everything in that business. Okay. So, you know, (laughs) But, I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so uh, the next thing that happens, and this is this is where things get. I mean, we got to the creepy factor where we're watching this uh, grown man really take advantage of the kid over the course of two years. Um, so what I have pulled up here, and I'm going to be reading some of these details from Wikipedia real quick. Uh, I have it bookmarked, and this is where things get, like, sad, scary, creepy. Uh, This is where we come into our first murders where uh, David actually becomes a a willing accomplice. Um, So Mm -hmm. right here, uh, first known murders. Uh, Okay, 
Around the time of, uh, okay, around the time of 1970, uh, here's where it gets real fucked up. D- uh, David Brooks, our little accomplice boy here, says uh, he's interrupted Coral in the act of assaulting two teenage boys uh, whom Coral has... Two? Sh- yes, that's what it says. Uh, two right. teenage boys. Yeah, I mean, he was a go-getter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, obviously, he had a quota of The man type. had ambition. Uh, um <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's, uh, if, if candy makers are just that type or, oh boy, I'm making myself sad. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> um, but, 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 but our little, our little guy, David walks in to see Coral strapped. He has two boys strapped to some plywood appendages, basically torture tables. And, uh, and Coral says, oh shit, I didn't mean to be caught by my little friend here. And so what what happens is this is David's 15 at the time. This is the 70s. I guess you can get your learner's permit. So what Coral says is he promised he promised David a car in return for his silence. So imagine that. Imagine you're in this you're probably in like a fucking dank basement kind of situation. You got two little boys strapped to plywood tables and you're doing whatever god awful thing you're doing and your your weird little paid for sex buddy who's Probably, I mean, this yeah. is this is Stockholm syndrome almost. Well, it's like you know, little like a little evil Oliver Twist. Yeah, yeah, a, a, a kid yeah. who who is totally under your thumb walks in on you doing this very horrific thing. Not that the paying for sex isn't horrific enough, but well, sure. But you're you're essentially walking in on what could easily be a murder. So Coral well, turns around and says, "Hey, if you shut the fuck up." I will buy you a car. You didn't see this. You didn't see this. And fucking David agrees. Says, yeah, buy me a car. I'm going to go back home. I didn't see anything. And it turns out that uh, uh, Coral bought David the car and also admitted to uh, David that he had, in fact, killed those boys. Well, something also um, to note is that when... when Mr. Coral, um, when Coral. Coral's, <laughs> when his mom retired, I believe sold the company. He was like, okay, what am I going to do? And then he became an electrician, which then yes. plays into the torture. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that plays into Somewhat. the torture, but it's, it's, this is the turning point of the story. It's, it's at this point where, uh, he found out that he could pay off David for his silence and that, I think, gave him all the um, inspiration he needed to start getting David involved as an accomplice. Essentially using David as a, um, he would say... He as would, bait. Ins- yeah, as bait. Go get me boys. Go get me boys. Well, he would you know? give them, I think it was $200. And so yeah. they said he had no type. It was. It could be a friend. It could be somebody random. You know, it didn't matter who. Just, yeah, get me Give me some loving. Right. Uh, so really, really so he's, he was more of an equal opportunity torture type of guy. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yep. Yep. Equal opportunity. Yes. So, well, so. Carl. He was like, he was a big champion of affirmative action. Here as well. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, about, uh, well, skip ahead. About a year goes by. It's 1971. And David has a little friend of his. A uh, guy by the name of uh, Elmer Wayne Henley. Um, 
and uh, this was just a friend that he started having come around and hang out with the uh, the candy man, as it were, and uh, introduced Elmer to the candy man and said, this is essentially, this is, this is a trusted friend and I, you know, we can get him in on this thing that we're doing. Killing kids. Um, How fucked up does that, even coming out of my mouth saying that, that that's a real thing that can happen. (laughs) (laughs) Have you not heard stranger? (laughs) Oh man. Um, So listen, people have hobbies. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you want to branch out. I understand. We need we need to turn this into an enterprise. I know a guy that knows a guy who killed a couple of guys. Let's get him. Let's get him on the payroll. Well, you'd have a career in Thailand, Orion. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, so a third party gets brought into this murder ring. Um, and well, now it's a ring because before yeah, it now was it's just a ring. Like a little team, but now with yeah, before it was a jump rope. There was two now, rings. Now, now it's a yeah, ring. Now, gotta, now it's a hula ring. hoop. We went yeah. from jump rope to hula hoop. <laughs> there we go. Like a bling ring, but yeah. a cock. <laughs> oh yeah, but a killing young boys. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, and yeah, so uh, once that group is put together, they get another two good years in of just destroying lives and killing kids. Um, so, Carrie, uh, do you know what the end of this story is? Or Caitlin, do you know how this finishes up? Because it finishes up in almost a kind of a Quentin Tarantino-esque kind of way. Kind yeah, of a Mexican a- standoff, of, as it this were. This is like... This is Carrie's favorite way for anything to end. Okay. Well, you, I don't care. You can, you can tell. Yes, you are 100% no, true. correct. Um, but also, as one of the torture methods that was not specifically um, noted in the articles you sent, but that I saw in the Investigation Discovery yeah. um, episode that I watched. So he would, I guess, like drug and or get drunk or whatever you know these guys and then they would wake up and they'd be strapped down you know and obviously he would he would obviously rape them but also i guess he would (laughs) stick like glass and twigs and stuff up there like pee holes oh yeah no this is very much this is (laughs) (laughs) hello is this thing on (laughs) no that's uh that warrant that warrants Were a couple you seconds for, like, of silence. Yeah, that has that has to stand alone on itself just yeah, well, let's just let that sink <laughs> yeah. in for a second. Just let that it was, sit, that was you know. Just have faith in the material, Carrie. The audience will pick yeah. up. Yeah. All, right. All right. Yeah. My, my apologies. I jumped on that. Which, too and quickly. also, I just want to say, Carrie. Um, unfortunately, the level of research that you've done for this podcast <laughs> is the level of which I will expect you to do for our show going forward. Oh no, no! Don't don't put that on her. You'll have to fucking fire her. You can't. <laughs> Just, I, I just wanted to say, I'm sitting here listening to this thinking like, God damn it, Carrie. <laughs> we really appreciate it. We, we really appreciate it, Carrie. Thank you so much. Um, but the... the, the, <laughs> the st- but anyway, Carrie, no, Carrie, how does it end? Because I bet Carrie will tell this story Well, no, but, well. but I, I, I just want to point out one quick, like, weird little trivia detail is sure. this whole shoving things into holes and glass and 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 yeah these these oh kind good of, we came back to this point yeah no, yeah yeah let's let's bring you back here because uh I'm yeah excited. yeah because I uh, truly appreciate appreciate y'all and I want to uh, you know make you feel as comfortable as possible uh, sticking things into urethras um, <laughs> <laughs> this is also the same thing that Pogo did 
You guys know Pogo. Our clown I, serial killer friend, uh, what's his name, yes. Orion, uh, buried all the, the kids under the oh, house. Oh, John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy did the exact same things. Apparently, this is a fetish amongst pedophile serial killers. <laughs> huh. Well, I, I mean. I didn't think they had a club. They, they actually have like a rule book. Well, it, <laughs> I, bet, I bet somewhere on the dark web there's a club just for that. Yes. I think sticking things in holes is like a general bullet point, but then you move down into Roman numerals depending on what people are interested in. <laughs> uh, if we're looking yeah, at it in know, an outline it's, form. It's never what the kid's interested in. Never. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. It's a one-way street serial killing. I will say that. Yeah. So let's get it's to... Not, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's let's get to the what essentially is a kind of a standoff that ended the whole thing very abruptly. Oh, am I supposed yes, to yes, yes. This so, is your okay. cue. This is your cue. Well, okay. So is it? It's Henley, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Henley is, is the second one accomplice. of the last names. Okay. Okay. So he brings two of his friends, a boy and a girl, yeah. I guess teenagers, um, over to Coral's uh, house, and then Coral, I guess, drugs them, and then cool. uh, straps them to the torture board. Yeah. And then when they wake up, like, obviously, like, they're not happy that they're strapped to the torture board. As you wouldn't be, yes. But Coral's, right, but Coral's <laughs> very furious with Henley because he was like, wait, you brought a girl? Like, you know, yeah, I don't big no-no. Big no-no there. You broke our circle big no of no. trust. Yeah, yeah, you're starting to bring right. your, yeah, you're starting to bring your own uh, wants and kinks into this. No, this is my thing, you this guys. Is my, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're my employees. My you do not house, make, son. yeah, you do not make executive decisions like this. <laughs> so, and I would have to imagine $200, like, back in the 70s was, like, a big deal. Yeah, that was, like, $400. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like two hundred dollars is like a big deal now. But I hang out with a lot of comics. <laughs> I could use two hundred dollars. Shops, right? I'm not going to say no to two hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Who would it? Anyway, so at this point, Henley snaps, and he's just kind of like, "I don't want to lose any more friends to Coral." And like Andy just yelled at me, and I think his feelings got a little hurt. Yeah. And uh, then he grabbed a gun. Yes. This is where okay, things I'm turn south. To, okay. You're going to have to – all I know is that he ends up shooting Coral, but how did he get the gun, if you could refresh my memory? Okay, well, he uh, – It's Texas. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, a, yeah, step one, he be in Texas. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think the gun was – no, honestly, I think the gun was something that was always kind of set aside as a precautionary measure and that both accomplices knew where – everybody knew where the gun was. And things got too heated, so the first person to grab for the gun uh, kind of set the whole thing off. I mean, it was a powder keg, and I don't think the accomplices knew how much of a powder keg it was until uh, Henley stepped outside of the lines, and that's where everything really went south. Um, so apparently, too, Coral didn't think Henley would pull the trigger, and he right. was like, shoot me, shoot me, like taunting him, yeah. and Henley's like, you're going to die now, motherfucker. <laughs> I think that was implied. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's what he said. No, no, yeah. I saw that on a blog. That's exactly <laughs> what he said. <laughs> Carrie's right. Thanks, Caitlin. Always right. No problem. Always right. Thank you. And this is why we keep Carrie around because no matter how wrong she is, she's always right. <laughs> no, 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 that's it's it was on a blog. So he got so what you, he's got a hold of the gun, 
and 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 Carl says, um, <laughs> "Carl, uh, you you ain't got the balls, kid, to shoot me." And the kid does his best Carlitos way and says, "Here comes the pain," and just starts shooting the dude. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that was also on a blog. The "Here comes the pain." <laughs> what, what, that was, um, and then one of them said, "Say hello to my little friend." <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I believe Henley confessed. Yeah, well, Henley, he was well, the only one. To, well, he was the only one to make it out alive, if I if I remember correctly. Apparently, uh, I thought Carl, him and his friends got out of there. Well, weren't they both shot? I know Carl didn't make it out. He got shot in the back. Oh, I just thought it was Coral who got shot. I thought that he was did it? save his friends. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I misremember. Uh, that's why this is approximate. That, that, you know, this is exactly... Oh, Ryan brings up a great point. This is why it's called the Approximate Podcast. <laughs> we're <laughs> we're, we're going to be as right as it is entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> it's somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, they're either alive or they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 50-50. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? I say for this podcast, they're alive. <laughs> uh, actually, no. Uh, Henley's still in prison. And I don't know what happened to David. I'm not actually sure what happened to David. He either, yeah, it doesn't really say. He's either in jail or had died in jail. But yeah. Henley's I definitely just, still alive. I just want to say that Henley sounds like the name of a kid from uh, 16 and Pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> like one of the – Henley's definitely a teenage pregnancy like, name. Like, you just made me spit my wine a little yes. bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I aim for. As many spit takes as possible. It's so, kind of fun. I'm, car- I'm I get to be Carrie in this episode. I'm enjoying this immensely. <laughs> it Look is. Out, it's Carrie. like we Freaky Friday. We did Freaky Friday. I'm just like saying horrible, like inappropriate, random things. And I'm going to be sitting over here spitting out facts. Wow, <laughs> slang and facts, spitting out a episode. <laughs> well, <laughs> great job. And you know, okay, so let's uh, let's put a bow on this on this particular story. A very sick man did some very sick things, and he got some. And he, I, you know, I don't even want to say he got some very sick people involved. I think he made kids sick. He made his accomplices sick. Uh, and again, I think it's a Stockholm syndrome kind of thing, where you get you you get kind of directionless, uh, sad case kids under your wing, and you're a and you're a creepy guy. You kind of acclimate them to being a another creepy guy, mm-hmm. and the fact and here's the proof: it came to a head with gunshots because it it worked against those kids' better nature. You know, their better nature rang out. They they weren't as they weren't the kind of pedophile monster that Carl was in in nature. He made them that way. And didn't so they your, didn't have they didn't have a natural predisposition yeah, but, to killing kids. Didn't your mama say too much of the candy man would make you sick? And that's exactly I what happened. I, I like the way this where O'Brien's really going with this. Because yeah. it is very nature versus nurture. And you yeah. do wonder how much of that was nurtured or how much of that was already instinctual in them. And it was just kind of like that show on, I, on I, Oxygen. Uh, uh, God, what is it? Uh, the Couples, Wicked, Wicked Attraction. Oh, oh man! Where yeah. the couples oh, like yeah. kind of find each other, like, like they're like they're already predisposed to being crazy, you know, whatever. Like, and they just and needed a catalyst. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, it was uh, this powder keg. Unfortunately, enough damage had been done by the time that nature won out. Um, everybody ends up dying or getting punished. 
There was no, there was no, there was nothing to save at that point, and that's just really unfortunate for those accomplices, uh, but very deserving of Coral, <laughs> who got dead. Coral. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think I think it would have been better if I mean, we're talking the '70s Texas prison. I don't know. I think it would have better been better for him to go to prison. Oh as no! As far as what he what he deserved. Oh no! Uh, yeah, I don't. I dis- think he, I think he would have gotten way more of what he deserved had he ended up in oh, jail. Oh, yeah, ha- being the kind Hell of... Hell yes. Yeah, yeah, the, <laughs> the kind of crimes he committed, you're absolutely oh, right. That's what he man. actually deserved. But the fact that... Know what the, but the yeah, fact that he got erased from the planet is benefits everyone. <laughs> right off the bat. I feel like the ultimate punishment would be uh, to be in a Texas prison with um, Adam Sandler and you're playing football and Burt Reynolds <laughs> is like the warden. Oh yeah, yeah, I'd give up my on my life there. No, Is I'm that with the you, longest Terry. yard. Well, and then, but then, you keep thinking about that. I mean, no, 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 no. Was. She's she's on the right track here because the uh, you have to put the uh, you have to put Coral in the position of Chris Rock's character, and <laughs> yeah, so he's yeah. the guy that gets burned yes. to death. It gets blown up. <laughs> gets blown the hell yeah. up. Yeah. I like not that. before not before a bunch of horrible butt stuff happens to him. Absolutely. Well, do, I don't know. So then you got to think you like it. Do you think you like it? Redemption. It is. Yeah, you're right. That's yep. It's the, hero, oh, it, it's the hero's it, journey. It would be Shawshank, but there'd be no redemption. <laughs> yeah. There's. Jesus. There's no. All right. Let's talk about this next topic. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, so the next. This is our last topic, and this is the one that really doesn't have a definitive ending, but that I. It creeps me out the most because of a kind of a theory I have once we get done talking about it. And this is the, um, oh boy, this is the killing fields of Texas. Um, so hold on, uh, Orion, talk for a second. Uh, I got to pick up my notes real quick because I just right. dropped them and I want to say everything correctly. Um, I'd like to take out this moment to say on behalf of the podcast, thank you gals for spending some time with us and doing this podcast. We really do appreciate it. Can't say that enough. Are you guys having fun, or are we messing this We're up? We're having this a fucking blast. Jesus, this is We're the most fun podcast blast. we've done in God months. Yeah. I was going to say, if it was going bad, please lie, because Carrie will take that really hard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She doesn't take she doesn't take that very well. You got it. But it, Carrie, you are doing great. I just need a circle of yes people around me. Okay, no problem. We can do we that. We got one, <laughs> two, three, four. Yeah, yeah, no, we got it. We got she's, it. She's, even even, the dog, the, even the dog will bark correctly for you if, if that's what you... Was it, what was that in the back? Roof, roof, roof. Okay. Oh so. no, there's always yeah. So yeah, one of them is always going. <laughs> so let me uh, let me let me set the uh, stage here for the Killing Fields of Texas. The Killing Fields are a 25 acre patch of land uh, about a mile off the road of uh, Highway 45 in East Texas. Uh, Highway 45. Uh, all the parts that matter about it is basically Dallas to a little bit south of Houston. It's one road uh, covered on all sides by forest and trees, and it's just a straight nothing kind of void. Um, but, uh, th- yeah, there is this patch of land that has been not named the Keeling Fields uh, because over, oh, what is it, over 30 bodies over the course of 30 years from, uh, oh, what is it, the 70s uh, to about, I want to say 1998, I think, mm-hmm. um, has just been a dumping ground 
for mm-hmm. for just murder victims. Um, and uh, there, there's a documentary by a lady named um, uh, Amy Cannon, I believe. Amy Cannon Man. Um, and it's called The Texas Killing Fields. And here's what I don't like about this story. Uh, when you pull up information about this story, there's a lot of um, crosstalk between the actual events that happened uh, and the actual movie. Because the movie about the killing fields was largely fictionalized. And so when yeah. you're yeah, when you're going over and trying to do research of this, you gotta you gotta make sure you're careful about whether you're looking up information about the movie or about the actual events. Um but the uh uh it was yeah, it was a uh, between the nineteen seventies and about nineteen ninety eight, over and, and they're still counting actually, but over thirty bodies have been found. And uh wait, the body wait, wait, go wait, ahead. Wait, wait. Go ahead. They're still counting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, what I mean by that is there are bodies that have been found that they simply that like just bits and pieces of bodies. Like there have been enough full bodies found to where you get a bunch of Jane Doe's in there and they are all women. Uh, You get a bunch of Jane Doe's in there. But then there's also like scattered pieces and stuff to where you can't even call it a Jane Doe. You know, they're just bones in a filing cabinet somewhere waiting for more evidence to come to light. Yeah. Um, so that's why it's 30 plus bodies. Uh, but um, over the 30 years that these murders have been happening, uh, we have uh, three names that come up front. These are um, Edward Harold Bell. Uh, he claimed in 1998 to have murdered 11 girls along uh, I-45 and had buried those bodies in the killing fields. Um, remember, this is 25 acres of land. That's a huge piece of property just to go to, find right. things. Just so you know, um, it, go ahead. side note, Yeah. Um, I did a little bit of, of math, and um, uh, I'm, I'm from Denton, and in Denton there's a place called the Golden Triangle Mall. This is just a mall. The average mall size is about... Um, 100, I'm sorry, no, about, uh, yeah, about 17,000 square feet. This is just a typical mall, not a, not a mega mall or anything like that. Just about, about that size. Okay. The killing fields could hold eight golden triangle malls in it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, the first, uh, murderer that we have supposedly is Edward uh, Harold Bell, who said in 1998 that he had claimed to murder 11 girls in that area, bury them in the killing fields. There wasn't enough evidence, according to authorities, to pin anything on him. So, you know, either he did it or he's just one of these weird liar guys that you want to take the claim for atrocities to, I don't know, have attention, you know? Um but so he kind of falls off the list. That leaves us with two mm-hmm. actual convicted murderers. Uh, but the fact that there's only two is going to lead to the thing that um, uh, my, my theory that's so frightening. So let's get the first guy out of the way that actually killed some folks. Uh, Edward, or I'm sorry, William Lewis uh, Reed, Reeve, William Lewis Reese, I, I believe, uh, convicted of three out of four murders. Uh, from bodies that were found in the killing field. He was a trucker. 
and uh, the fourth murder they couldn't really pin him on, um, but he's been put away for he's confirmed uh, a participant of the victims in the killing field, but they weren't able to pinpoint any of the other bodies, the multitude of bodies that were found in this 25 acres of land. So they think they got one pegged, and that is, uh, again, William Lewis Reese, uh, and he's been put away for uh, forever and ever. And then we got this other one, um, and this is a, a case that the, um, the movie The Killing Fields was loosely based off of. A girl named Crystal Jean Baker was found in 2012 in The Killing Fields, um, and she was murdered by a man by the name of Kevin Edison Smith. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he was convicted through DNA evidence long after the fact. It was kind of, he got pulled over for drunk driving or something like that. And uh, because of a kind of a tenuous relationship that she had or that he had with, uh, um, what's her name, Crystal Jean Baker, uh, they decided to pull some DNA evidence when it wasn't available at the time of her murder. And they okay. made a connection and found out that he was a murderer. So what we have essentially is three confirmed murders from one guy and one confirmed murder from another guy. And here's the thing that weirds me out. This is over 30 years, and that's four bodies that are, that have been brought to, you know, that have been brought to justice. You know, we can actually definitively clear those cases. But what about all the other bodies and here's the thing that really fucks me up about this case is that over 30 years i think that it's not just the one guy and not just the other guy i think there is a creepy weird and tell me what you guys think about this over 30 years from 1970 to 1998 over 30 years there's there's a network of serial killers that have all kind of tell me if I'm going overboard here, but that they're all talking to each other and have all decided that the killing fields, this little 25, well, not little, but this 25 acre patch of land off of 45 is where you can dispose of the evidence. If you're a trucker going, you know, almost 500 miles between Houston and Dallas, you have so many opportunities to pick up um, or pick off, I should say, uh, runaways, prostitutes, hitchhikers, and and here's how you get here's how you get away with it. You you just do your business and you drop them off at the killing fields. And the thing that's creepy is that we think we tend to think of serial killers as anomalies. You know, there's only a handful, and they're spread all across the country. But what if the killing fields is a reflection of, what if it's just like weird little sweet spot where so many serial killers can just do their business and completely get away with it scot-free? It's the only thing that I can think of that accounts 
for that many kind of bodies because there's no specific MO in all the bodies that are found. The age range so, is – well, the age range is from okay. 10 years old to late 30s, all different colors, all different races, all different everything. So there's, it can't just be the result of one to two dudes. It is it's the burying ground of a network of serial killers. That's what I think. That's what I'm going to put out on the table. What do you guys think? I don't think it's serial killers. Um, I, but I do think that if – I think it's truckers. I think you're kind of half right in my opinion. I, I do think if your career is driving around the country, you understand that there's nothing for miles and miles in this stretch of Texas – um, it's not heavily policed. It's not heavily patrolled. And um, it might not even necessarily be truckers so much as, you know, kind of nomadic people that, you know, wander around. I think that fair enough. Point, yes, fair enough. I, I, keep, I, I, I know I keep saying the word truckers. I'm sorry. But you're yeah, absolutely correct. Well, I, hashtag not all truckers. But, <laughs> hashtag um, not all truckers. <laughs> truckers, no, I mean, lives I, matter. truckers lives matter. Here we go. I mean. I think that the topic of this field has been around this killing field, so to speak, has been uh, around long enough that it, unfortunately, it's kind of like the Cecil hotel. Carrie and I have covered that on different levels uh, or different episodes. But I I think that once a place gains notoriety for, (laughs) Hey, you can dump a body here and no one's going to really figure out who did it. Then, you know, that doesn't mean that there's a bunch of serial killers out there. It's really hard to be a serial killer these days, actually, with databases and things like that. But killing one prostitute is not doesn't make you a serial killer, but, you know, it does give you impetus to drop someone off that, you know, no one's going to look for but, in a field that no one will find them in. But that, that kind of begs a certain question here. Over the course of 30 years, how tight is the network between... Folks, even if they're one-time killers, that and maybe I'm making a presumption here, saying that everybody's talking to everybody and saying, you know, hey, you want to kill a motherfucker? You can bury him in this field. Yeah, I don't and, think and, serial and, killers and, are very social. And then, I don't think they're. Well, no, no, yeah. I agree. I agree. Not a I agree, but there has to be a, there has to be a reason that this one particular spot is so well known against. I mean, against uh, well, among uh, folks that would kill. Yet, yet, yet. Law enforcement isn't creating some sort of vice. You know, you could plant a, a, a an officer at a Loves, at a Flying J, at a Conoco, all along 45. How, how smart are people that are killing? What do they know that the police don't know that they were able to get away with this for 30 years in this highly specified dumping ground? Well, yeah, but the Angeles National Forest is another dumping ground. People dump bodies there all the time. I mean, I, I think that the killing fields is it has become first of all, it's a cool name. So there's that. It's a lot yeah, cooler brand, than the Branding is everything. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. another giant killing field, so to speak. I don't know if you've heard of it, it's called the ocean. So there's that. You know, I mean, people <laughs> it's it's a nondescript. Well, that's different uh, because the ocean is unbound by laws if you get a few miles out. Well, tell that to Natalie Wood. But my point is I that would, but I don't have the scuba gear. Possibly Natalie Holloway. Possibly Natalie Holloway. Oh my did you, god. I'm sorry. I, did you say Natalie Holloway? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Natalie Holloway. Jesus. I'm just, I, I just I don't know that there's necessarily a network, although I I mean, I really love the X-Files and I hope that there is because I think that'd be fascinating. But I think that there are a lot of creepy people out yeah. there that 
that do creepy things and they know they can dump a body that's, because people talk about it. What, Listen to us talking that's about the it. Thing, we we if, know about it. We're not even serial killers. So, oh, God. Do you think it's it's just people are getting away with it because it's a manifestation of pop culture and there's not a network? I, well, I, no. I'm, yeah, no. Because if you look at someone like the Grim Sleeper, for example. Now, granted, that was one serial killer. But the reason why he didn't get caught for 20 years was because he was killing prostitutes. Right. Period. Right. So the people that they're finding in these fields, they're not like, you know, uh, you know, well-known realtors in their community or, you know, PTA board members or anything like these are, these are people that live on the fringes that are hopping in cars for all sorts of reasons, no judgment passed. Um, and these people get taken advantage of in more ways than, um, than we'll ever realize. And in some cases, those ways end in them ending up in the killing fields. That's my theory. You know what? You are probably a lot closer to the truth than I am. And that is so much more scary because my brain. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say is it's scarier to think about the fact that these people aren't connected, that there's just enough human beings out there that'll kill just one person right. like this. Yeah, my theory is based off of trying to make sense of the world. If, if there is an organization or if there is a kind of, you know, Chinese telephone line of folks that are all talking to each other that all have a similar interest <laughs> you really in killing. Want these people to all intermingle. Yeah, yeah, mm. because then that, that means <laughs> because that means we can wrangle them up, like you know. Yeah, you know, I know. But but and ah, uh, see, you well, see, I was always thinking I'm, I'm too hopeful. I'm too hopeful. I'm going to get murdered one day. Yeah, I was always <laughs> weird, thinking the it's opposite. It's weird that your optimism though manifests in a network of secret serial killers all over <laughs> Texas. I never <laughs> I never said I was healthy. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I was thinking kind of the opposite. I was what? thinking, you know, what if it was just a dude trying to make his bones? You know, just, uh, did, don't, just simply you did can't his, let a pun like that he, go, he, you he, motherfucker. He, just, he simply um was thinking, you know, I know about the place. There's enough real estate. I bet you I could actually get away with it. Well, it was either that or he was going to sell property on the moon. So Yeah, there you have it. <laughs> So, um, Hi. Uh, go, uh, Carrie, yes, please. I was just going to say, and I feel like mine is probably, probably makes the most sense, but oh even though he wasn't <laughs> I like the ego born yet, even though he wasn't born yet, I think this reeks of Jeff May. Oh, yeah, this is all Jeff May. Yeah, you know what? That's always the answer. That's always yeah. the answer. I think I think we have some questions to pose to Jeff May. I think we need to bring him into an <laughs> interrogation room and get some goddamn answers. What do we're you gonna think? We're going to put Jeff where, May in the dock. Where were you between 1970 and today? <laughs> I was looking at Spider-Man comics issue number 72. I was, you know, you could only be I you could only I get it in California at the time. The there was I was no way. Yes, all the hats. Need an alibi. You know, yeah, fuck, fuck Jeff May. <laughs> I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need a solid, a solid alibi for a 30 year period. <laughs> <laughs> Prove to me that you've never been to Texas. You can't. <sighs> no, you can't. You can't prove a negative, and that's why we win. No, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. Why that's win. exactly why we win. And on that note, we're gonna wrap this guy up. So here's what All we're right. gonna do. I'm gonna have Orion uh, run through our our screed, and then we're gonna do your plugs. Okay, is that cool? Yay. Okay. okay, Orion, do the thing that you do. Oh, that thing? Yep, that very thing. <sighs> the Approximate Podcast is a Dead Girl production. You can follow us on Twitter at ApproxPod, A-P-P-R-O-X-P-O-D. You can get our podcast on iTunes through the podcast app on your phone and, of course, leave reviews. 
As always, you can reach us through the mothership, approximatepodcast.com, for a complete list of episodes, merchandise, and all of our social media links. Kid, hit it with the burner line. The burner line is 817-673-3704. Again, that's 817-673-3704. You call that line, you drop us a message on the voicemail, or you send us a text, and we will answer you on the show. Um, So I think that's it for us. Okay, so let's go in order here. I'm just going to pick a name by random. Carrie Martin. Um. Hi, I would like to plug, my name is Carrie. Um, I would like to plug my Instagram. At Caitlin, Carrie cut, Martin, go. <laughs> I'm sorry, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Carrie Martin, K-A-R-I-M-E-R-T-I-N 22, and my Twitter, Carrie Martin 722. Also, um, we did interview on White Wine True Crime, I don't remember which episode, Catherine Casey, who wrote a book about the killing fields, and the book is called Deliver Us. You should check it out, and it gives a lot, lot, lot more detail. Freaking nice. Love it. Uh, Caitlin, what do you got? Uh, I am on Twitter at Bossy Matilda. You can find me there. Um, I will totally talk to you because that's what I do. Um, also, uh, find me on Instagram at Caitlin Rose Cut. And then, of course, uh, if you haven't listened to our podcast, White Wine True Crime, you can. It's free. It's available on iTunes. That's White Wine True Crime. You can download the episodes directly from our website. Um, and you can also listen to us on the Unpopular Opinion Network. Uh, it's a subscriber network. I know that we release one episode of our show on the network, which is pretty scary, once a month. If you want to hear all of our shows and all the amazing other shows on the Unpops Podcast Network, you can go ahead and donate. I think it's just as little as a dollar a month, and you get a bunch of cool stuff. I think it's $5. It's $5 a month, and you get a bunch of cool stuff. <laughs> Excellent. I freaking love it. And hey, when am I getting my mug? You're getting your mug. <laughs> yes, I think uh, you just mailed them today. We finally took a while to get the merchant. Anyway, it's all packed. That's what we did yesterday for four and a half hours while watching Hope Floats on Loop. Uh, it's en route. It's as true. long as it gets to you, because you guys are having weather stuff over there. So, oh, there we go. Okay, so uh, let me just, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, again, tie a bow on this thing. Uh, everybody, go to www.com. That that wasn't a thing at all. Go to www. <laughs> Where the hell was that? I'm so what? sorry. I'm. So- what is that for? We're uh-huh. so close, guys. I, okay. I almost go, made it. Jamie, almost made it. You got this. Ready? Three, two, one, go. www.whitewinetruecrime.com. Everybody go and check that oh podcast out. Amazing. It is the very best. And also, you need to be listening to. Pretty scary, and you get to find that by mm. yeah, you get to find that by going to the Unpopular Opinion Podcast Network. You find that on Patreon. Uh, just type, just type in, just Google it, Unpopular Podcast or Unpopular Opinion uh, dot com. You'll you'll find it. You'll find it. It's very easy. Uh, but you need to be listening to both shows that these ladies are are working so hard to uh, bring you. So much fucking great Yay. entertainment that you get. Thank you. Just be fans of these ladies. That's all I'm saying, people. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to bring us out on a song. Okay? Oh, Here's how we're going to end the podcast. Right. We're going to end it with a little tune that uh, we heard at the top of the uh, hour called Jeff May's Casket. Here we go, ladies. God. I love it. I love it so much already. I wonder what it's going to get on iTunes.
five stars. I don't know. So Jeff you May, you want to be a rock and roll superstar? Spaghetti, spaghetti. <laughs> what a wow! Oh my god, I love the lyrics. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Good night, everybody. Yay! Good night! Good night. <laughs>